0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise, Praise the Lord. Uh, about a month ago, um, I felt in prayer um, to ask Skylar if she would like to minister on Mother's Day and uh, she said I asked her to pray about it and she said that she would and uh, she came she came back uh, about a week later and said that um, she felt something and that the Lord gave her uh, a word for Mother's Day and so um, we know that uh, the hand of the Lord is upon your life and, and uh, uh, I trust your walk with God I do I see it I see your, your prayer life and um, the level of separation that you've allowed God to bring into your life and we know that he separates that which is special to him amen and, and uh, I watch your daily devotion and, and spending time with the Lord and um, and how you uh, reach for those people that you work with and the people that you're uh, involved with that are in your life and um, A guy just couldn't ask for a better daughter. I'm so proud of you and the choices that you've made and the the young lady that you've become. uh, Spectacular. And uh, um, she's going to minister to us today. Um, Are we thankful for that? Amen. Why don't we welcome her as she comes?
1: the Lord, everybody. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I want to honor you today, every one of you, because your sacrifice, and we just love you, and we appreciate every one of you. Amen. I want to honor my dad today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and you don't know how much it means to me for you guys to trust me with this, and for every word that you said. I thank you. And I also want to honor, you guys can be seated if you'd like to. I want to honor today a few ladies in my life. Um, Two of them are here today. One of them is not. I want to honor my grandma, my dad's mom. We call her Grandma in the Turkey House (laughs) because every Sunday after church we used to go to their house and She would always make turkey and mashed potatoes and all the good stuff, so we called her Grandma in the Turkey House. Um, I want to honor you today and just thank you for everything that you do for our family. You sacrifice a lot for us, and and none of us would be here without your prayers. Amen. I know that you prayed for your family your whole entire life, even when it seemed like everybody was crazy. (laughs) You prayed for us, and we're all here because of your prayers and the prayers of my grandpa. I also want to honor my my other grandma. She's not here today, but we call her Grandma on the Farm (laughs) because they have a farm. And uh, I'm thankful for her, and I want to honor her today as well. If you're watching, I honor you. And I also want to honor my mom. I don't say enough about you, I don't, I don't thank you enough for everything you do, but I want to thank you for all your sacrifice and for your commitment to us and for taking care of us and for loving us. She loves us the way that God intended for a mother to love her kids. There's much more I could say about her, but the thing that I want to say most is I thank you for your prayers, for the sleepless nights that you've had, praying on our behalf, And on the behalf of the church, I love you, Mom. Amen. I'm going to read from Jeremiah chapter 31 today, starting at verse 15. Man, I got a preacher's water today. i always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I want to read from Jeremiah 31, chapter, oh, wow, verse 15. It says, Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping Rachel weeping for her children refused to be comforted for her children because they were not thus saith the Lord refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears for thy work shall be rewarded saith the Lord and they shall come again from the land of the enemy and there is hope in thine end saith the Lord that thy children shall come again to their own border Amen. I want to speak to you just for a few moments today on a simple thought, and that is a mother's prayer. Amen. Could we lay our Bibles down and lift our hands and pray for the service today? Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your love, God. We ask that you would have your way in the service today. Lord, I'm thankful for all the mothers that are here today. God, I ask that you would impact their lives, Lord, that you would encourage them today and uplift them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey Amen. you can be seated. There's a uh, story of a worship leader named Travis Green. He sings the song called Made Away, which you've probably all heard that. He tells a story or a testimony of when he was a little boy. He was just four years old, and he fell out of the window of a four-story building. Um, the doctors got to his body before his parents did because... There was a hospital right across the street from where he had fallen. And the doctors pronounced him dead. They covered him with a white sheet and said that it was over, that the boy was dead. But his mom, she refused to believe that. She picked up her lifeless baby. She looked at the hopeless situation. She called on the name of Jesus twice, but nothing happened yet. She didn't give up there, though. She called on the name just one more time and cried, The blood of Jesus. Amen. That boy is now a worship leader and a pastor of a church. He is alive today because of the prayers of his mother. Amen. He's alive today because he had a mom that didn't give up, even though the situation seemed hopeless, even though her son was lifeless. She still cried out to the Lord. Amen. I remember when I was just a little girl. I was 13 years old, and I was a gymnast. Um, gymnastics was my life. I was I would train six days or six hours a day between four to five days a week, and. The gym was far away. We would travel long distance. My mom would take me every single day. Our, our family, our whole family, was very much involved in this. Um, it was my life. It was everything I wanted, everything I desired for my life to be. I loved it. I never dreamed of doing anything else. I was planning on going to college or maybe going to the Olympics and just making that my entire life. So we started coming to the Anchor Church about three years before this. My parents started feeling called to ministry. Um, they realized that the life we were living wasn't really what God had purpose for us to live. The path that we were on. Not that it was a bad path, but it just wasn't the path that he had purposed for us. Instead, it was a focus on the things of God and not the things of this world. They didn't want to necessarily make the decision for me to quit gymnastics or to change that part of my life but it was something that needed to be done. My mom was worried that if they told me or they had me quit because I was still young if they had me quit then I would resent them or be against them so she didn't talk to me she she just prayed and she fasted And she exhausted herself because she wanted the best for me. She sacrificed time and effort and nights of prayer and days of fasting. And for months of prayer and calling on the name of Jesus, I ended up coming to them and telling them that I felt like God wanted me to give up gymnastics. And so, and that I didn't want to do it anymore. I was worried that they would be disappointed when I told them it took me probably a week or two to actually tell them that I wanted to quit because I thought that they would be disappointed in me because I thought that was the reason they were proud of me. So when I came to them, I thought they'd be so disappointed and everything they put into that for my life, everything they gave, that they'd be disappointed that I just wanted to throw it all away. But little did I know that That's what they had been praying for. That I would want to choose God's will for my life as much as they wanted me to. They could have left me in it because I loved it and that's all that I wanted for my life. But I would have lived a life out of the will of God. And she knew it was best for me and didn't give up on prayer even though she was tired. Even though she was worn out. Even though it it took a while and may have seemed impossible, she still continued. So after that, after I had actually laid it down and given it up, and I quit, and I didn't really, I felt like I didn't really have anything else to do because that was my life. So I was like, well. (laughs) And so for a while, it was great because I was like, oh, I get to rest. I get to hang out with my siblings more. I get to do stuff I want to do. But after a while, I kind of started questioning my decision and I started kind of regretting it. Like, was that the right choice? Should I have done that? Wh- where, what am I going to do from here? What, what does my life even hold? What, what even am I without gymnastics? Because that was my identity. So after months of struggling with that, I uh, was laying in bed one day. It was, I, w- I hadn't fallen asleep yet, but I was about to fall asleep. And I had a vision, and I had a vision of there's two paths. Um, The one path, I don't know that you could truly, like, see joy or see fulfillment, but the one path, when I looked at it, it was just pure joy. It was pure fulfillment. I was happy. I was fulfilled. I was doing what God had called me to do, and then it, like, turned, and I was facing the other path. And in the other path I saw myself, um, it was very crazy the way that it was, but I saw myself I had been to college, I was in college, I was a college athlete, I was doing gymnastics and in that I got drug into a lot of other things, that just worldly things that you know my gymnastics friends were involved in, just the path that that led to was a path of destruction, and it was a path it was a path of following after things that my friends were I got caught up in things that weren't that weren't of God, and that caused me to be lost and I remember the feeling that I got when I saw that i um, excuse me i um I was trying so hard in that vision to to like find my way. Like I didn't know how to get back. It was like very, it's very cool. I could not find my way back to the church. I was, I didn't know the directions. I didn't know how to get there. I was, I was like trying to think and, and trying to push my way past everything in my life and I could not find my way back home. That was the feeling. I can't find my way back home. I would pray. In my vision, I was praying, Lord, I can't find my way. Help me to find my way. I can't get back. And no matter how much I prayed, no matter how much I tried to get back, I could not get back. And then, but after that, I realized, you know, the choice was right. I might not see it now. But the choice was right. The, the path that I chose and the path that my parents prayed for me to choose was the right path. Amen. Amen. There is hope. There is hope in the future. There's been many times in my life where the only thing that kept me safe and the only thing that kept me from destruction and danger, the only thing that kept me from making the wrong decisions, was my mom's prayers. I literally wouldn't be here without her because she gave birth to me. But I would not be living the life that I live full of blessing full of safety if it weren't for the sacrifice for the prayers of my mother. She prayed me out of many situations and many of those I probably don't even know about. There's a story in the Bible in Jeremiah where we read this morning. It tells a little bit of a story about Rachel. She was the mother of Joseph and Benjamin. We all know that Joseph ended up being second to the king He was over everything in the king's house. He was over everything in the king's land. Um, And he was mightily used of God. And he fulfilled his purpose that God had placed on him. He did go through many trials. He went through many heartaches, many troubles, questions, just very much trials. And none of that would have happened if it wasn't for his mom. In the Bible, it says... She was weeping because her children were not. She was weeping because her children weren't safe. She was weeping because it seemed like there was no hope for their future. She was weeping because they were captive of the enemy. She was weeping because she wanted more than anything for her children to live in the blessing and the safety and the purpose of God for their lives her children were captive of the enemy and she refused to be comforted for her children and then there's moms in this building today that have had struggles with their children and you've refused you've refused to be comforted you've refused to let them go because you know that God has a purpose for them And when Joseph and Benjamin were captive by this world, they were captive by the enemies of this world. Your children may be captive by sin. They could even be captive by the life that they're just used to living. They could be captive by the things that they think they might want or captive by the things that they think that they love. And you're weeping because you want what's best for them. You're praying because you want your children to be saved. You're praying and seeking God because you know that the only one that can pull them out is Jesus Christ. And for others, you're daily praying for your kids, not because they're lost, not because they've gone too far, not because they don't want God's will or, or they want to choose something over that, but because you see the value in their lives. You pray because you want to protect them. You sacrifice daily because you want to protect them, because you want the best for them, because you know what the best for them is. You know where the safe place is, and you know the things that will lead them to destruction. You know the things that are dangerous for them. And you also know that God's purpose is greater for them than what what they may think even though they don't see it yet, even though they're just living to live or living to fulfill their desires, they've got a mama that prays. They've got a mama that won't let them go. They've got a mama that has the best interest at heart. Amen. Amen. They have a mom that has power with God in prayer. Jesus then tells Rachel, um, he says, refrain Thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded. Rachel, your prayers are heard. The years of sacrifice had a purpose. Your work will be rewarded. Even though it doesn't seem like it, your work's going to be rewarded. Your prayers have power with God, it's not for nothing. It's not for nothing. There is a purpose. He goes on to say, And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. There is hope in thine end that thy children shall come again to their own border. That that word again means return again. It means restore. It means recover. It means deliver. And then it says, they will be free from the enemy. There is hope that your children will be restored. There is hope that your children will return home. That your children will be saved. That they will be delivered. That your children will make the choices that they're needing to make. Amen, Rachel. Quit weeping. God's trying to come for you today. And tell you that the choices that you prayed for them to make, they will make. You've weeped, Your work will be rewarded. Your prayers and sacrifice will be rewarded. They will come home. They will be saved. They will be safe. Amen. There is hope in their future. Amen. The way that you've chosen to raise your children will forever impact their lives. You've prayed them away from things that they thought they loved, but all it would have brought was destruction. And then not allowing those certain things into your children's life was the right choice, mom. Don't doubt it. It was the right choice. Rachel didn't see it. Rachel was was distraught. She was weeping. She was crying out to the Lord. It said she would not be comforted. She would not be comforted. She was bitter weeping. She was crying out to the Lord for her children. They were unsafe. They were captive by the enemy. But the Lord said, Rachel, be comforted, for your children will be saved. Rachel, be comforted, for I see where they're at. I see the situation they're in. Rachel, be comforted, because I have my hand on those kids. I have my hand on those kids, and they will be what I've called them to be. Amen. Rachel was comforted because by the word of the Lord and she was able to live in joy after that Amen in Genesis chapter 3 verse 20 It says and Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living The definition of Eve means source of life you are, the, you are the life source of your children physically, but you, are also, you also have the opportunity to be the life source for them spiritually. You have the ability to make an eternal impact on their lives by the, thing that, the things that you teach them. You can instill the word of God that will forever impact them. You can live a life that glorifies Jesus and and that desire will be in them also. Even if you might not see it now, you might not see it now, but that desire's in them. You've planted the desire in them. You've planted all those teachings in them that you've taught them that it seemed like maybe they didn't pick up. They picked up on it. They've learned from it and it's inside of them. You can also be their life source through prayer. I've seen it. In my grandma's life, in my mom's life, and a few other ladies in my life. The prayers that they pray do come to pass because they have favor with God. Because they're submissive to God, they trust Him. Their prayers have favor with God. Every mother, whether you know it or not, you have favor with God for the prayers of your children. There is power with God in prayer. There there are things that no one else can pray to pass in your kids' life but you thank you There's a story in the Bible about a widowed mother. She was widowed, it was just her and her son. Um she gave more than what she even had. She only she only had just one meal before her and her, it was her her and her son's last meal that they would eat. Because they just just didn't have the provision that they needed. Amen. And there was a prophet, Elijah. And God told Elijah to to go to this place. And he said that, I have prepared for this widow to um, sustain you. I prepared her and gave her what she needs to sustain you. So he comes and he asks her, um, woman, can I have a drink? And she's like, okay. So she, she goes to get him a drink. And while she's walking away, he says, oh, also, and could you bake me a cake? Could you make me some food? And she says, this is, this is the last. I don't have enough. This is the last bit of meal that I have before me and my son will perish. This is our last meal. But God had told Elijah that she would prepare. And God had prepared this mom to give what she had it was for her kid. She didn't realize that what she was giving was for her son. So she was obedient to the Lord and sacrificed what she had and gave it to someone else. And that blessed and sustained her family forever. Later on, um, her her son had died. And Elijah was confused because he was like, I took this lady's last meal and now her son's going to die like How's that gonna look? But Elijah went and prayed. He prayed for her son, and her son came back to life. And then her son, Elijah, wouldn't have been there if she would not have offered everything that she had. If she wouldn't have given everything that she had to the man of God, if she wouldn't have sacrificed, her son would not be there if she wouldn't have given just that little thing that he was asking for, even though that was all she saw that she had, if she wouldn't have given that, she would not have been able to sustain the life of her son. And by giving that, by sacrificing what she didn't know that she even had, it sustained her with food, it sustained her with oil, it sustained her child's life. She was sustained for the rest of her life because of what she gave. Amen. There's, there's another story in the Bible. It's about Elizabeth. She was full of faith and she trusted God. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. Um, and an angel came to her husband, Zacharias, and told him that his wife would have a child and that his name would be John. Well, They were both very old, the Bible says, in the past time of being able to have kids. And so Zacharias didn't believe him. The angel told him that he would have a son and that his son would prepare the way for the savior of the world. But he didn't believe because they were old in age and it seemed impossible. So the angel told him that he would become dumb until that day arrived. He told him, you're not going to be able to talk. You're not going to be able to hear until that day comes to pass. Because I don't want you speaking against the word that the Lord has planted. So he couldn't speak. He couldn't hear because he didn't believe. Later on, Elizabeth conceived, and after she had had her son, people were saying, well, his name should be Zacharias after his father. Elizabeth said, no, his name will be John. They argued with her and said, but there's no one in your family named John. There's none of the lineage that is named John. Why would you name him this random name John? Well, the Bible says... That they signed to his father with their hands because he was dumb. He couldn't, he couldn't hear. He couldn't speak anything. He, had, he couldn't talk to his wife about anything. It was the Lord that showed up to Elizabeth and, told, and confirmed his word in her and said, You will have a son. You will have a son and his name will be John. And he will be this. This is his purpose. And she believed it. She didn't, the the Bible doesn't say that she questioned it one bit. The Bible doesn't say that she said, oh, I don't know, or she even questioned it in her mind. She believed it right when the Lord told it to her. She said, I received that word. Amen. Amen. So, after they had asked um, Zacharias what the baby's name should be, they gave him a piece of paper because he couldn't speak. And he wrote down, he wrote down on the paper and he said, his name will be John. His name is John. Zacharias didn't tell Elizabeth his name was John. But she had a word from the Lord, and she knew exactly who he was. She didn't care what the others thought his name should be. She, she knew she had a word from the Lord. She trusted without a doubt. You can hear from the Lord for your children Just like Elizabeth did. You just have to trust his voice like she did. She knew she had a word from the Lord. You know you have a word from the Lord. Just hold on to it. Don't lose faith in it even though it seems impossible. You have a word just like Elizabeth had a word. Amen. And that word came to pass in Elizabeth's life. She gave birth to John. She had a son, and she, he was exactly who God said he would be. If she would have doubted, if she wouldn't have trusted the Lord, she might not have had him. That might have been given to somebody else. That promise might not have She might not have had that promise if she did not fully trust and fully receive and say, Lord, I trust you through no matter what, God. I trust, Lord, this word that you've given me, and I will not give up on it. Amen. And there's a la- another lady in the Bible. Her name is Jochebed. She was the mother of Moses. Moses was born in a time where Pharaoh was killing all of the man-child that were born. From from they were born. And if they found him up to two years of age, they would kill them. Because there was word that that a new king would be born. And he was trying to stop Jesus from being born. So his mother or Jochebed had Moses and she didn't want to let her child go. She didn't want to just let him die or just give him up like that. She, she loved him. Amen. He was a child from God. He was a promise from God. She loved him. So she protected him at all costs. She hid him. If they would have found her with him, they probably would have killed her too. She hid him and she protected him as long as she could. But when a when a child grows they get really loud they don't know they don't know how to be quiet like we see sometimes in church there's kids they're just talking away they're just yelling they, just, they have no concept that you're not supposed to talk loud so <laughs> she he got loud and she couldn't hide him anymore she was worried that they would hear him so she went down to the river because the son of pharaoh the, or not the son the daughter of pharaoh the, the king's daughter would bathe in the river at a certain time of day. And so she had an idea that if I put my baby in a basket, and I, if I place him where this mother, or where this young lady will have access to him, she's going to have compassion on him. She's not going to let him die. She's going to keep him. And so she trusted that that would work, and she, she, she put her baby in a basket, and she pushed it to where... Um, Pharaoh's daughter was and Pharaoh's daughter said I'm going to keep this baby for my own and so Pharaoh let her she he became Pharaoh he became Pharaoh's daughter's son that's what the Bible says he became Pharaoh's grandson even though he was somebody that Pharaoh would have wanted to maybe let go of but since his daughter loved him he loved him as well and so Moses' mother didn't didn't really know what was going to happen. But she she trusted. She trusted in God that this is a promise from the Lord. And he will pr- protect it. So I'm going to protect it and preserve it as long as I can. And do whatever I have to do. So that this baby will be protected. So it turns out that she became. Or Moses' mother became his nurse. So Pharaoh's daughter. Or yes. Found a mother that that was able to nurse a baby. And so. He, she became the nurse in Pharaoh's house, so she lived in the palace with her own son because she knew, she saw in his future what would have to happen in order for him to be safe, in order for him to walk out God's plan in his life. She knew, I have to sacrifice and, and put him in God's hands. Put him in his hands, even though I don't know if this will work. I don't know if, if this plan's going to work, but I feel that this is, this is what I have to do. This is the choice I have to make for my child. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'll ever be able to see him again. But I know, Lord, this is what you've said. Amen. And, and, and God preserved him. He didn't only preserve him. He let, he let his mom raise him. He let his mom teach him the ways of the Lord. He let her be with him every single day. He let him still be her mother, his mother. But but being Pharaoh's son, he had had authority in in that kingdom. And God called him to, he got to see both sides. He got to see the side of the Hebrew people, which was his people. And he also got to see the side of Pharaoh's people, which were the Egyptians. He wasn't an Egyptian, but he was raised like an Egyptian, so he got to see both. And so one day he sees an Egyptian kill a servant, a Hebrew servant, and he got mad in his heart. And so he went and he killed that Egyptian. And then after that, he's like, well, now I got to run. So he runs away from everything, but he didn't run away from God because God called on him. And he spoke to him and said that you're going to be the man that delivers my people from the hand of Pharaoh. You're going to be the man. And Moses says. Well I can't, can't really do this. I, I don't know how I could do this. But God's like I'll equip you. You could do it. So Moses ended up being the guy. That God used to set all of the Hebrew people. All of his people go. He was, he was the guy that he used to bring salvation. To the whole group of Hebrew people. They wouldn't have been set free. If it wasn't. For, if it wasn't for Jacobet, if it wasn't for his mom seeing the purpose in him, if it wasn't for her, he would have never accomplished what he was supposed to accomplish. He would have never done what God wanted him to do because he wouldn't have been alive if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't her, for her protection. Amen. Amen psalms fifty-one, twelve. it says restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit he wants to restore the joy of his salvation today you haven't experienced true joy unless you know the lord rachel rachel don't weep over them They're coming back. Rachel, don't dread the future because of the worries and the fear that you have. Just put your trust in the Lord. Just put your trust in him and be joyful in the Lord for his salvation. Amen. God wants to restore the joy. He wants to to restore the anticipation and the faith and the hope for the future that you once had. Amen. Mothers, you do have power in prayer. Don't doubt that. You may not think so. It may feel like they're insufficient. It may not feel like they're impacting anything, like nothing is changing, but it is changing. It is changing. He's heard them and He will honor your prayers. Your prayers will protect your children and your prayers will guard and cover them. You have favor with God. Amen. He wants to strengthen you, He wants to encourage you today. He wants to resurrect the life in you today that you feel like maybe you've lost. The hope that maybe you feel like you've lost. He wants to refresh your spirit today and let you know and to comfort you like he did Rachel. He wants to give you that comfort that your children are safe. That what you've been weeping for will come to pass. That your work is going to be rewarded. King Solomon held on to the things that his mother taught him as a child. At the time, he might not have realized the value of them or understood what she was teaching him. He might have, his friends might have been doing stuff that he wanted to do, but his mother had taught him at a young age, we don't do these things. God doesn't want us to do these things. And so he might not have understood that. But when he became king and when he fulfilled the purpose that God placed on his life, this is what he had to say about his mom. He says Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do good she would do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ship, she bringeth her food from from afar, she riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her husband and a portion to her, her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goes out by night, she layeth her hands to the spittle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hands to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. I mean, she, she doesn't just, she's not just a figure of a mother and her own children, but she sees the needs in others. She sees the needs in others, other poor children around her, and she is a mother not only to her own, but to others. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land, because of how good she takes care of him. She maketh fine linen, and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor, and deceit and, "'Favor is deceit, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. "'Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates.'" Solomon, Solomon might not, not have known the value of his mother when he was just a child, but when he grew up, when he became mature, and when he, when he became the thing that God had purposed for him to become— He realized what his mother did for him. He realized that everything that she had taught him had a purpose. That everything she had prayed into his life had a purpose. That all the sacrifices that she had given, they all had a purpose. Amen. I hope this this encourages you today. I hope that it gives you hope for the future. And I hope that you're able to trust the Lord and what he's told you and not fear for the future. I'll pray that the Lord will comfort you and you'll allow Him to comfort you like like He wants to comfort you today and uplift you and give you joy of His salvation because that's His desire for you. His desire is not for you to be down and worried about the future today. His desire is for you to trust in Him and to give Him everything so that He can encourage you and to lift you up and make you realize that the work that you have put in, the work that you have put in will be rewarded. Whether in this life or in, in heaven, it will be rewarded.
0: Come on, why don't we stand all around the building? Amen. How many is thankful for the word this morning? Let's give the, the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're thankful, Lord Jesus. Rachel was weeping. If you look up, she was lamenting. Bitter weeping. Uh, not a prayerful weeping, a hopeless weeping that her children had been lost. Amen. Mothers, a lot of times, take on the emotions. Of what their children are going through. They feel it. Somebody say, Amen. Uh, um, As a dad, sometimes you tell your kids, don't put your mother through that. We know what I'm talking about. Because mom feels the pain, mom feels the suffering. Mom's very sensitive to the needs of her children, and she sees the path, she sees the destruction. She hopes for them. But a lot of times we can get overwhelmed by the emotion of what's happening in the now. Come on somebody. And lose sight of how powerful God is. Amen. And how powerful his plan and his purpose are. Somebody say amen. Amen. Blessed are those that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Now, I'm not telling you this morning not to cry. Sometimes you've got to cry unto the Lord with all of your might. But there is a, uh, there is a consolation this morning. And I believe that, that Skylar has laid it out very plainly for us this morning. That... If you've gone through a state of weeping and you know what it is to lament for your children and you see uh, the state of their lives and you see what they're going through and, and, and you see the hopelessness of their future, understand that the God that we serve is greater than any type of hopelessness. It's greater than any type of sin, greater than even their own desire. And God has the ability, come on somebody, to to to, to change the very heart and the path of that person. And he said, He said, he said, be comforted today because they shall come again. Somebody say, somebody say they're coming home. Come on, somebody say they're coming home. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands right now and let your weeping be turned to joy and praise and say, God, I believe it this morning that they're coming home. I believe just like you spoke it. I believe just like you preached it today. I believe just like you said through the preacher this morning, God, that it's your desire to bring them home, to bring them back to their borders, to bring them back to the way they were raised, to bring them back to, to, to the, to the precepts and the concepts that were put in their spirit at a young age. They shall not be able to outrun it they shall not be able to go beyond the call of god they shall not be able to get out from under the reach of the hand of god but you're going to bring them back again i declare it right now i claim it they're coming home they're coming home they're coming home
1: you say man i feel
0: comfort in my spirit I feel joy in my spirit. Come on. Don't despair about the future. Don't despair about what might happen. Understand that your prayers have been heard on high. God has answered your prayer and they're coming home. Come on! If you believe that this morning, why don't you step you out of your seat, run down to this altar, and lift your hands and say, "God, it's an answer to my prayer. That's a word for my life. That's a word for my family." Come on! That's a word. Come on! Come on, church! Hallelujah! It is done. You say every sacrifice, every prayer. Every day of fasting. Every moment you got him up early to get him to the house of God. All the Bible reading. All the Bible study. Come on. Everything that you poured into them is not lost. Come on. The enemy is not going to have the last laugh. He's not going to have the last word. But God said, I will have the last word. I'm going to bring them home. I'm going to bring them back to their border. I'm going to set them free. teetotally totally free.